Amen. It's so good to be here. Thank you, Pastor Anthony, for this privilege. We count it a privilege. Uh, we are not often outside of our pulpit, and uh, but we are grateful for uh, what you have going here. Thank you, Pastor. Amen. And uh, his family, Domingo and his family, who took care of us so well. And so many of you that have really shown us a lot of kindness. I'll tell you, that's why people keep on coming back here. Right? That's why they keep on coming back because they, they want to come back where they feel welcome. Amen. And so we appreciate that spirit of, of friendship and uh, reception. Amen. Amen. So we're going to get right into the Word of God. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to the book of Judges, uh, chapter 6. And we'll begin with verse 11. I believe this is what God has for us today. Uh, I am dedicating this message to any leader of a home. Sometimes the leader of the home, or most of the time, he is uh, the head of the household, the man, right? But sometimes there are single parents and there are moms that are leading homes. And, and I really want to challenge those of you here today that are leading homes that God is calling you to rise up. He's, he's calling you to walk a step closer with him. Judges 6.11 says, The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abusarite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. That's the statement I'm making to those of you here that God is calling to just walk a little bit, to take a step closer. And he responded, pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? How many have ever asked that question? Yeah, if we're in the will of God, if, if I'm serving God and I'm doing all these things for God, why am I going through this? And he asks, where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us out of, up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. I think that's not unusual. Sometimes uh, we have visited people in the hospital. We have visited individuals even in jail. And they're, they're thinking somehow God has abandoned us. Otherwise, why would this have happened? The Lord turned to him, and here's my key text, and he said, Go in the strength you have. Turn to the person next to you and tell them, Go in the strength you have. And save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Go in the strength you have. He's not saying go in the strength of Abraham. He's not telling him go in the strength of Noah or go in the strength of another great warrior, right? Hebrews 11 tells us of all the heroes of faith. He's not telling him go in that strength. There are times we feel that we have to be what somebody else is. And I'll tell you, God is such a unique God that when he made you, he put his signature right there. You're very unique. And to prove that, just look at your thumbprint. Amen. God likes the uniqueness of every individual. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you loose my tongue and help us to receive this word that you are giving us today, Lord, that everybody would be benefited, the young and the old, the men and women, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And so this message, uh, I'm dedicating it to anybody who is doubting that you have the strength to do whatever it is God asks you to do. Sometimes God asks us to do small things, and sometimes God asks us to do big things. But I want to encourage you with this message and this title, Go in the Strength You Have. Too often we place emphasis on our own abilities, right? And I think the reason some people don't step up 
to do what God's calling them to do is because they're saying, well, I don't have the ability. I don't have the preparation. I don't have the strength. But we find here in the book of Judges uh, a revelation, first in all of the book of Judges, a repeated pattern in the history of Israel. And I think it's possible that somebody here might be in a rut right now. And God wants to take you out of that rut. God wants to deliver you. Can someone say amen? And so life in Israel at the time of, of Gideon was really bad. And uh, it was the only time that Israel, in fact, you, and you find in these cycles, these patterns, you find that the only time Israel turned to God is where, when they had nowhere else to turn. It was like he was the last option. And aren't you glad that's not happening today? Right, I, I hear someone saying, yeah, right. <laughs> because that seems to be our human nature. It seems like it's not until we have no more options left. It's almost like when we have nothing else that we can do, when we've run out of our own strength and we run out of our own abilities, that's when we turn to God. But we turn to God and God is glad that we do. Amen. And the truth is we really have nowhere else to go. I hope that God is your only option. I hope you don't have plan A, plan B, and plan C. I hope God is the only option you have. So if you find yourself in that place, I want you to know the heartbeat of God will never allow him to turn his back on you. Even when you've turned your back on him. God is always waiting for us to return. He's always going to be there for you. I want to help somebody here that you said, man, I've messed up so many times. There's no way that God can help me. There's no way that God can love me. And I'm here to tell you, he's like that, uh, the, the father of that prodigal son. He's waiting for you return. He will always be there for you. And that's the message of the book of Judges. Anything that makes us depend on God more is a good thing. I'm going to say it again. Anything that makes you and I depend on God more, it's a good thing. Even if it seems bad right? As long as it makes us turn back to God, as long as it's possible that that bad thing or the thing we perceive as bad is really something good in disguise. How many know that God wraps up blessings and problems? Sometimes God disguises opportunities with circumstances like disease and disaster and oppression. Often the trials that come to our lives are really God in disguise. But those things become good only if we respond in the right way. Because I've seen people say, well, that, that didn't happen with me. Well, we have to respond in the right way. You know, I've seen people make the wrong decision after God took them through a trial. My favorite saying is don't waste a good trial. If you're going through a trial, there's a reason for it. Get the benefit from that trial and then move on in Jesus' name. And so when we do return to the Lord, like Israel did many times in Judges, the idea is that we have greater dependence, greater faith, and here's the big one, greater obedience. When we return to God, God wants you to depend on him more than when you started with the trial. He wants to increase your faith, and he wants you to obey. Can someone say amen? Romans 8, 28, such a popular scripture. We love it. We know that all things uh, work for good to them that love God that are called according to his purpose so you gotta follow God's purpose oh I feel God's gonna correct somebody's uh, purpose right now because this is what I want to do and God's saying no no I have something better for you 
And so that way, whatever you're going through, because this, this is what really frustrates a lot of people. It didn't work out for me. Well, you have to see what is God's purpose for your life? What is it that God designed for you? And so the reality is the issue is not our circumstances, but our response to those circumstances. If the outcome of those circumstances is a closer walk with God and a greater readiness to obey God, then maybe you should say, thank you, God, for some of the bad things that have come my way. How many can say that? How many can look back and say, I remember when all those things started happening and they were bad, and I can now say, thank you, Lord, in spite of it. Amen. The Bible says when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Wow. Gideon, as we know, was not a mighty warrior. The Bible tells us that he was a farmer. He didn't have the pedigree of a leader. The Bible says he came from a broke and backslidden family. So why doesn't the angel call him what he is? Well, because God doesn't work that way. God doesn't see you and he doesn't see me as men see us. He sees us as the way we will become. Oh, I wish somebody would say amen to that. In other words, God doesn't have a calendar on his wall. God doesn't use a watch, right? When God sees you, he doesn't see you right here. He sees you the way you're going to be. And that's why he didn't see Gideon as a farmer. He didn't see Gideon as a coward. He saw Gideon as a mighty man, as a warrior. And saints, I'm telling you, that's how God sees us. He sees us as what we're going to become. Amen. He sees a mighty warrior. I feel God is calling somebody in this room to grow. I think he's calling somebody here to stretch beyond what you're accustomed to. God is trying to call you beyond what, because you might be good in one area, but God says, no, no, that's not the area I want to stretch you in. I want to stretch you in this other area. And every time God calls us to grow, he rewards individuals who step up to the challenge. I'll say that again. Every time God is inviting you, like he was inviting Gideon to grow, he's prepared to reward you. Man, I wish somebody would get excited about that. Because some of you have prayers before God and say, man, I need a, my business to improve. Or I need my health to improve. Or I need my children to do better. God is saying, step up to the challenge and I'm going to reward you. Because it takes faith to answer the call of God. It takes faith to grow. Now, here's the good thing about God. God's like a, God is a good father. He's the best father and us dads, we know how to help our kids grow. Uh, God is telling somebody here, don't be afraid of what I'm asking you to do. It comes in stages. I'm going to make them uh, accessible for you. It's almost like God saying, I'm going to make it easy for you. Because too many of us make excuses and say, I don't think I can do that. And I won't deny that it takes a little bit of effort. But the reality is God saying, I'm going to help you with this. That's what he did with, with, with Gideon. He didn't give up on Gideon when Gideon kept on asking for, well, if this is really you, God, then, and, and we often do this, right? We put, a, we put that, that, that fleece before God, right? Too many of us, because that's what he had because he didn't have the Holy Spirit. But today we have the Holy Spirit, and we can trust God. I wish somebody would say amen to that. And so growth comes in stages, and this is what God wants. Listen good. God is not looking for perfection. He's looking for perseverance. God is not looking for somebody perfect. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the call. All God needs for you to do is like Gideon. It's just a step up and say, okay, I can't see myself doing this. But God, if what you see is a mighty warrior, I'm going to step up to be that mighty warrior. 
God called Gideon, and immediately he begins to test them. Oh, I just hate that stuff. If you're in a college or a university, right, going to college, university, you know, most of the time it's just party, right? <laughs> but you're going to be tested. I'm going to say it again. You're going to be tested. You better be studying. You better be doing your homework, as pastor was giving his homework, because every one of us, we will be tested. And you've heard this before. God does not test us to find out what's in us. He already knows what's in us. God tests us so that you know what's in you. Because oftentimes we make excuses and God says, okay, I'll show you who you are. I'm going to put you through a test. And there's nothing more powerful than coming out of that test and being approved of God. Can someone say amen? And so I think sometimes what happens with us, well, maybe this is just me, Pastor. What happens with me sometimes is I've got to wait until I'm ready for God to use me in an area that I'm not comfortable with. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. God's going to work in me. And, you know, Pastor, even you're preaching, he does it in stages. But there's sometimes that we're just dragging our feet. Is anybody here dragging their feet on the will of God? I'll tell you, you know what the will of God, the will of God outside of the time of God is the will of the devil. We don't just want to do things because I'll tell you, delayed, well, I might be, okay, I better not get into that. I'm, I'm going to get into another message here. No, I don't want to do that. This is a pastor, pastor's role. Okay. I forgot that I was here in Phoenix. All right. So some of you are saying, I'm going to wait until I'm right, ready, and I've got news for you. You will never be ready. You will never be ready to do what God is asking you to do because it takes faith to do what God is asking you to do. By the way, if what you can accomplish, you can accomplish on your own strength, there's no faith involved. And the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. I don't know about you, but I want to please God. I want God to be happy with me. I want God to say he's operating in faith. And as God calls you, and don't be surprised that he, he, he I, I feel there's a lot of parents here because I'm dedicating this to a father who doesn't feel qualified. I'm dedicating this to a single mother. And there are often times that we're surprised, you, you know, like, I think that's what happened when, when God called Gideon. When God says mighty warrior, he's like, who are you talking to? And there are times that God is calling us and we, we shouldn't be surprised. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, don't be surprised. God is calling you. But with that calling comes the testing. Because the testing is a part of the process that prepares you for ministry. God cannot use you unless he tests you because he wants to prepare you. I'm going to say it again. God is preparing his church so that we can get a victory. God is saying, I'm going to give you the victory. You're going to win this victory against the Midianites. But I've got to prepare you. In order to prepare you, I've got to put you through tests. So i got this question. What do faithful people look like anyway? Because we got this idea of what a faithful person looks like, right? And uh, I'll tell you what a faithful person looks like. Where's Brother Justo? That's what a faithful person looks like. I mean, I'll tell you what it starts like. I'll tell you what it starts with. I wish I had his name. I mean, my name is George. <laughs> there's no Georges in the Bible. But there's a lot of Justos in the Bible, right? <laughs> A lot of hustos. Amen. So what do faithful people look like? This is what they look like. They trust God and they're obedient. That's it. I don't care what you don't have. 
I don't care how you look like on the outside. God is saying, I'm looking for faithful people. Well, what do they look like, Pastor? They look like people that put their trust in God and are obedient. Even if it takes a little bit of prompting from God. Because there are times that parents say, you know, when our children are starting to be used of God as juniors, God bless these juniors, where God's saying, go ahead me. Oh, I don't think I'm going to do it. I don't think, man, I, I was watching that, that, that jujitsu match yesterday. And I'm like, I could never do that. But now I'm interested. <laughs> so my wife might not be, she might be surprised that I'm going to, when, when, when Pat, Brother Mingo told me, it's like chess. I said, now I'm interested. All right. And so sometimes God will prompt us and encourage us and to do the thing that he wants us to do. We want to do the will of God. Can someone say amen? Parents, you want to do the will of God. You don't want, be careful that you're not doing your will with your kids. You want to do the will of God. Oh, I better be careful here. So I don't know if you can identify with Gideon. But again, this man was fearful. He had fear. His question was, what are people going to think? What are people going to do? And I think that's the reason a lot of people don't answer the call. Because you care too much about what people think. Stop worrying about what people think. Worry about what God thinks. Worry about what God wants. Worry about what God is asking you. Oh, I wish somebody believed that. Too often we're, we're caught up in the peer group pressure. And we do things because we feel we have to do them. But I thank God there's a way to find out. My grandson really, my grandson really recently asked me, Grandpa, how do you know the will of God? My 18-year-old grandson. And I said, well, it's just like playing the keys. Because a year ago, he wasn't very good on the piano. And now he plays for our service. And, and he's, he sounds like his dad. There are times I'm wondering, is Aaron back there on the piano? And is Mike on the piano? And, and he wants to know the will of God. And I told him, he's only 18, I told him, you know the will of God in the same way you play keys or the same way you ride a bicycle. Initially, you're not even too sure if you're doing the right thing. But once you get used to doing the right thing or doing it in the right way, then you become accustomed. It's like somebody's voice. You, you didn't know. I didn't know when I was dating my wife. You know, her voice, I was trying to get to understand. But then now I know after 43 years, I know her voice. And you will know the will of God and you will know God's purpose for your life when you get used to being around God, when you get used to being in prayer, when you get used to reading the word of God, when you get put some Christian music on, come to church, hear the preaching, get around that environment. Amen. Amen. Don't care too much of what people think. Care what God thinks. So God asked Gideon to tear down the altars of Baal that his family and community had set up. Talk about, you know, a family that's opposing. There's some of you here, your family doesn't serve God, and you think you're crazy, just like Pastor was saying. What, what church you go to? That one over there? Tan locos allá. Because, and I say this respectfully, because we came from a Catholic background, and, and we don't want to offend abuelita, and we don't want to offend la suegra. You know, we don't want to offend, you know, our, our favorite uh, uh, saint or whatever it is, right? And so this is what Baal, what, what, what uh, the family of, of Gideon had set up. They had their, uh, uh, an altar to Baal and, and Ashtoreth, right? And, and the community had deviated from the, those were in the people, people that were Jesus' name, if you will. 
But they deviated. They, they started backsliding. And this is the reason God calls Gideon. By the way, when we deviate from God's will, there's always consequences. There's always going to be consequences. And it's not God hating on you. It's God loving on you and saying, come back, mijo. Come back. Come back to the truth. Come back to the will of God. But Gideon didn't have the courage to do it. At least not in the daytime. So what? Did he do, how, how did he deal, how did he respond to God's command? The Bible says he did it under the cover of night. I'm not going to do this right now. There are, there are some folks that they're very shy and they're not sure how they're going to respond, right? And so sometimes they do things. It's all right. God understands your fears. God understands your struggles. Some of you right now are not in the right place to step up in faith, but you're getting ready to take those first steps of obedience. I'm going to say it again. Some of you here right now are saying, I can't do that right now. But God is getting you ready to step up in faith. There have been many times where I've been in that same place, and it's not unusual. I don't want you to think that's something out of the ordinary. That's more normal. There's a few people that are crazy and they'll do things first time. But when was it that Nehemiah circled the walls of Jerusalem? The Bible says he did it at night. When did Nicodemus come to Jesus? The Bible says he did it at night. Or Joseph of Arimathea, the Bible says he was a secret follower of Jesus. But we need to be encouraged. If you are afraid, you are normal. And that's why we've got to trust God. That's why we've got to trust Jesus. David expressed in Psalm 56.3, uh, uh, yes, he, he responded with trust. He said, what time I am afraid, I will trust in you. So it's not that we are, uh, that we don't have fear. We're just going to work through our fear with the courage that God gives us. Will, will somebody say amen? And so Gideon was afraid. And he only had courage to respond to God's command by night. And I believe God honors simple acts of obedience. I feel the Holy Spirit right now. Right now I feel the Holy Spirit in this place. I feel that God is saying, that's why oftentimes what the worship leader or pastor will tell us, uh, get outside of your, uh, of your seat. Uh, come a step closer. And, and I don't know, it's, it, maybe not here, but at our church, we have some folks that I think they're super glued to the floor. And, and it's the same people. And, and, and I love them. And, and I, they're going to heaven. I think they're going to heaven, right? But they don't move. Nothing moves them. They don't move, and, but, but just take them to the Super Bowl game after the service. Just take them to the, the golf meet that's after. Just take, take them to one of those activities, and all of a sudden, they're all animated, and they're all excited. Boy, you ought to see me when the Lakers are playing, Pastor. Oh, yeah, especially when Kobe was playing. Amen. I'll tell you, I, I, I was ashamed of myself, and oftentimes my grandsons would see me and say, you don't do that at church. It's true. There are times that we don't respond to what God is doing in the will of God. The way we respond to mundane things. We got to step up and move out and just get a little bit closer for God to do something. You say, you really think it makes a difference? I absolutely think it makes a difference. So you don't have to be that mighty warrior. But I do believe God is going to make you that mighty warrior. And all he's looking for is for you to honor God with a simple act of obedience. It doesn't take much. I'll never forget there was a preacher came by our, our, our church and he asked everybody to switch seats. Because how many of you here, raise up your hand if you're 
courageous enough to confess that you have a fixed seat in church. Yeah, yeah. And if somebody gets that seat, you know what I notice folks at our church do? They wait around. They're just standing there like, I'm here now. <laughs> I tell you, I'm thinking of a fundraiser, Pastor. Maybe we could start paying for seats, right? Yeah, maybe if you really want that seat, okay, it'll cost you $2,000 for this year. <laughs> I'll tell you, you raise a lot of funds that way. Because there are some people that are used to standing in the same place, sitting in the same place, doing the same thing. And God's saying, I'm all right with that. I'm just asking you to take a step closer. I'm just asking you to move a little bit, to get out of your comfort zone and watch what God does. The reason God gave Israel such a victory is because Gideon, who felt limited and felt cowardly, was willing to do something at night. And you know what God did? God increased his grace. Oh, my God. I'll tell you, I don't know about you, but if I didn't have the grace of God working in my life, Pastor, I wouldn't be here. And so I, I can use all the grace I can get. And, and so I'm talking to somebody here that God says, I'll give you that grace. Just step up. Well, you're saying, well, he's going to give me grace anyways. That's our problem. We say, well, I can do whatever I want. God, I'm saved by grace anyways. But God's saying, come on, step up. I'm going to use you. I'm going to raise you up. I'm going to, I'm going to give you a victory. I'm going to give a victory to your family. I'm going to give a victory to your church. I'm going to give a victory to Phoenix. I'm going to give you a victory. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. So God is not necessarily looking for courageous people. He's looking for obedient people. He's looking for people who are willing to step up, step out, stretch out in faith. Even if it's just a few steps, that's where I feel the Holy Spirit. I do. I, I feel God is saying, I'm just asking you to just take a few steps. I'm asking you just to go a little bit further and watch what I'm going to do. This is not a human thing. This is a God thing. You take those few steps. God is telling somebody, I feel prophetical here. God says, I'll do the rest. Do what you can do, I'll do what you can't do. Because there are folks here that are asking God for a miracle, and God is saying, you do that. Do what I'm asking you to do, and then I'm going to do what you're not able to do. Hallelujah. And if we want to see God's power at work in those moments, because there, are some, there have been times in my life, Pastor Anthony, where there is no human explanation for what took place. I'm like, what just happened? What just happened? And we know that it's the power of God. And I know you know the power of God in this place. With all the testimonies Pastor was sharing and many folks that I've heard, there's a power of God moving. But I do believe God wants to take us a little further. I really do. I believe God, I believe God wants you to get those thousand, Pastor. And I, I believe, you know, I was hearing the testimony. You probably heard Brother Elias Limona's testimony and how they got that sanctuary for 3,000. And that's because their building burned down. And God does things like that sometimes. I didn't know why our studio, you know, that's where we make all the music, and it burned down. And we, we couldn't believe it because the insurance company shortchanged us. But we were able to do it because we were obedient, and we were not afraid to take the steps, and God added the grace necessary so we can fulfill what his purpose was anyway. I'm talking to somebody here. And so Gideon's victory, the story, we know it, it ends with an unconventional victory. They were trained with swords, but their victory was won with trumpets, torches, and 300 men. Imagine 300 against 135,000. How many, how many have those odds right now? 
the, the, the odds you're, you're up against right now, they're pretty bad. They're probably even worse than what, what Gideon was up against. But God did not use his physical strength. Zechariah says, it's not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. God bless the sister that was singing up here. I don't know who she is, but my, I know you know who she is. My Lord, where's she at? God bless you. Ay, hermana, wow. Wow. I have a sister who has dementia, and she's uh, the next sister up from me. And she really has been struggling. And a sister was singing there. The Lord told me, get your sister to sing at church. And I believe God's going to heal her. Amen. I'll tell you, all we have to do is just take one little step. It might be a leadership step. It might be a parent that has to take that step. And you're going to get the miracle. I'm speaking to somebody here. God is going to give your family that victory. And God is saying, just take that step of faith. And again, I want to go back to what I said earlier. Some of us are, are thinking, well, what if it doesn't work? What are people going to say? <laughs> oh, I thank God for those folks that have faith that step out and they don't care what people think. You're going to do it, and if it doesn't look good, if it, whatever, it doesn't matter. I'm putting my faith in God. When God gives you your victory, he's going to take you completely out of the equation. Because anybody that was there that day, when Gideon's armies gained their victory against such great odds, they knew it wasn't the jars of clay. It wasn't the trumpets that brought down those walls. Amen. And so I think God is telling somebody here right now, this battle is not about you. This battle is the Lord's. This battle is about God and his glory. Amen. I'm confessing sometimes. I'm wondering, well, what if I respond this way? You know, I'm the pastor. You know, what, what, what will it do to my credibility? What will it do to my reputation? It's not about me. Everybody say, it's not about me. Turn to the person next to you. Tell them it's not about you. This is about God and his glory. And sometimes all God, all God is asking us to do is stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Stand still. That's all we have to do sometimes, to see the glory of the Lord. Amen. As I come to close here, it's possible that you have good intentions. And uh, I, I discovered that because I have a lot of good intentions, but I discovered that good intentions are good for nothing. Yeah, no. You say, well, I, I, I live by intentions. Well, God wants us to live by actions. And it doesn't have to be a big action. I'm trying to help somebody here. God is saying, I, I don't need you to take that, that big leap. Some people have the potential. But You'll find in the Bible, most of the leaders were unconventional, unlikely people that God selected to use for his glory. And so God is telling somebody here right now, it's not about your good intentions. We're not looking to put our best foot forward so much in a human way, but to take that physical step. I really do believe it's a physical step. Is there somebody here that has maybe a, a, a problem walking? Is there anybody here that has limitations in walking? Because if you have limitations in your physical step, God is going to heal you just by taking that step. It, it might be limitations in your relationship. Whatever has hindered you. It might be a financial limitation. And God is saying you have good plans. And you have, those intentions are great. But sometimes our intentions, our well-intended ideas, get in the way of God. 
I'm going to say it again. Sometimes our well-intended ideas, sometimes our plans get in the way of God because his plan is so different. His ways are so higher. Oh, I wish somebody believed that. And I believe what God is ready to do right now, and he's speaking to somebody here who says, I don't have the strength. I don't have the ability. I don't have the education. I don't have the money. That's exactly what Gideon was saying. And God said to Gideon, go in this your strength. You are able with what you have. I'll equip you. But you're able with what you have right now to do what I'm asking you. And even though Gideon hesitated and even though he made some excuses and even though he needed, like we do sometimes, I need the proof of God and and God gave him three reasons to believe. And man, I'll tell you, God is so good to us. He's like a good father. He's like a good father that's trying to encourage his son or his daughter to do the thing that he's asking him to do. And a patient, loving, merciful father like ours, I think I'm a good father. Nothing like my heavenly father. And my heavenly father has spoken to me many times. And and the last thing he told me was, man, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm still holding back. I'm asking God, Lord, is this really you? I'm, I'm being like, Gideon, I think this message is for me. Is this really you? It is the Lord. I'm going to invite you to stand at this time. You don't need to have the strength of the person sitting next to you. You don't need to have what he or she has. God is not asking that of you. He's saying, go in your strength. And your ability. So I'm going to make an invitation. Is it proper, Bishop? Pastor? Is it correct? Okay. Uh, well, I'm going to make the invitation as Pastor comes up here. Amen. Uh, the Romans have had a prophetic word for so many years. How many know that our organization depends on, on them? We do. At convention, I was just so, so moved and so touched and inspired. I was inspired. You have good leaders here. You have men that are leading and women that are leading this congregation that have integrity and have a great love for God. But as I prepare to turn this place over to him, I want to make an invitation to that person. And God is saying, I don't know if you've ever even come to the altar. I know most of you have. But it's possible that God is speaking to that husband, that wife team. God is speaking to that family. God is speaking to that single father. And that single woman, and God is saying, take that step. Take that step. I'm going to answer you. This week, I feel God's going to give some folks some of the greatest answers, not next month, possibly even today, just by taking that step. And he might prepare you in a day or two or a week, but it's happening soon. And all you've got to do is say, I'm going to go in this strength. I don't know how much strength I have. You might not even have the strength to come all the way up to this altar, but you have the strength to step outside of your chair. And watch what God's going to do. Pastor. Amen. Why don't you come? Why don't you come down to this altar if the word of God has spoken to your heart. You say, I want to move beyond those limitations. I want to go in, in his strength. Why don't you come and stand? Husband, wife, mom, dad, single individual, young person. You say, I, I, I want to take that step. God's not asking you to do a big, huge, great thing. He's just asking you to take some small steps. Small steps of obedience. Small steps of faith. There are moments that God calls us to take leaps of faith. But today, God is saying, if you just take 
be small steps of obedience. Obedience to my word. Obedience to my plan. Obedience to my purpose. Why don't you come down and stand at this altar and say, Lord, I'll take that step. God, I'll, I'll obey your word. I'll take that, that step of faith. I'll open up my heart, Lord, to greater things. I'll do that thing that you've been asking me to do, Lord, time and time again that I've neglected. I'll take that my prayer life up that next step. I'll take that Bible reading that I need to do and take it a little bit farther. I'll fast, God. I'll believe. I'll get involved. I'll serve. But I'm going to take that step today, Lord. And I believe that as I take that step, you're going to give me more grace and the strength that the man of God was talking about that God infused Gideon, he's going to infuse you with it as well. If you're ready, would you lift up that hand to heaven right now? Would you close your eyes and would you lift your voice to him today? Say, Lord, we're going to do it in your strength. It's not by my mind, not by my power, but by your spirit, Lord, that I'm going to move, I'm going to obey. In the name of the Lord Jesus, that's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name, by the power of the Holy Ghost, I pray right now, Lord, you give my brother and my sister strength to step forward and believe, Lord. Small steps of obedience. I'll surrender whatever I have to surrender, Lord. Lord, take away the limitations of my life. I'm going to obey your word. I'm going to obey those principles, Lord. I've neglected certain things, Lord, but today I'm stepping up. In the name of Jesus, that's it. That's it. You got what it takes. You can raise those children in the fear of the Lord. You can succeed. You can be victorious. You can be used of God. You can serve the Lord. I know your past is not that great, but you can live for Jesus. You can live holy. You can do what God is asking you to do. In the name of Jesus, it's his strength.